Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, August 10th, and what a whirlwind of a week it has been, both in the PLL, also at Barstool itself. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got my good friend and yours, Dukes, in the lab. Uh, Dukes, a lot going on this week. We unfortunately don't have a ton of time to talk about everything, uh, but just general feelings on pretty much the state of the world right now i mean what a wild week for barstool in general uh being in the office is absolutely crazy right now uh the boys are buzzing um dave is buzzing so it's like i feel like on my toes right now i was even just telling you before we started it felt dirty sneaking sneaking behind behind the back to go get this recording in because you know chris dive's not funded but soon it will be soon it should be um, but yeah, I think that just what the fans can expect, uh, just from like my point of view. I also, if you don't know, I help out with the, the sports book or the sports book social media. Um, a lot of gambling stuff. Now producing Pick Central. Um, helped out with Pick'em. So it's kind of rocked my world a little bit. Um, but we can do a lot more. I mean, Barstool Sportsbook um, offered very limited lines um, to talk about lacrosse. We could probably talk about it in a more vast expansive way now um can do a lot more um just with 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 lines that we might not have been able to talk about before so like maybe player props all that sort of good stuff um i'm excited i think it's a win-win for us and Penn. but yeah uh, your, your boy over here is buzzing um it, it's it's it's, a, it's been a crazy crazy week yeah, so real quick, just some context, just in case anyone out there, you listen to the podcast, but you don't necessarily follow Barstool closely, uh, but Dave Portnoy has purchased 100% of Barstool back uh, from Penn Entertainment. Uh, this happened earlier this week, so he sold the company. Well, I mean, he sold 51% of it to the churning group like seven or eight years ago and then sold it over to Penn like three years ago. They took over uh, 100% of it just really less than a year ago uh, and Dave was able to, to buy it back from them. So now Barstool is in complete control of Barstool again. Uh, and yeah, part of that is uh, at, at some point down the line, we'll be able to discuss lines that are no longer Prohibited. just, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're no longer restricted. Yeah. Restricted uh, to talking about, you know, what lines and, and where they're coming from. So uh, I think, yeah, anyone who's into the gambling side of the game, uh, especially come like next college season or next PLL season. Yeah. I, I think that the, the show is going to be uh, a, a whole lot better because of that. And I think everything's going to be better because of Dave purchasing Barstool back. I mean, it, we get a little for anyone who's been around for a while uh, and following Barstool for a while. I, th- I think we're going to have a nice little new era here of, of the old school pirate ship. Uh, so that, that should be great for everyone. Um, I will say though, Dukes, it would be, I think it would suck for you. It would definitely suck for you, but I do think that it would be for the betterment of the show. If somehow you did end up in Dave's crosshairs about doing the show, cause it, it wouldn't, it would never get to the point where, where you're done, but a little controversy with Dave definitely drive drive some eyeballs. So I'm not saying you have to take one for the team, but if you do, I think it would definitely suck for you, but it would be, it'd be good for the long haul. It'll be, it'll be good for the game, growing the game. Great for the program. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so obviously a lot going on in the world of Barstool, but also a ton going on this week in the world of the PLL. And that's what everyone's here to talk about right now. A uh, lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving players, uh, really a, 
I would say a shocker that came across the wire earlier this week when we got a, a trade announced and not necessarily a shocker because it's like, Oh my God, how could you uh, trade these players? But it more so just like, wow, I like, I can't believe that this was the trade that happened. But uh, earlier this week, we saw the Redwoods trade miles Jones over to the Atli in exchange for Romar Dennis. So Romar uh, had a monster monster showing in the championship series and just really couldn't get himself going uh, so far this season uh, over the summer, miles Jones, obviously, uh, I mean, guys been, a, been a weapon for years, but just hasn't really been able to get anything going for them, uh, this summer with the Redwoods. So Redwoods and Atlas, they end up swapping these two players and Dukes, you and I, we, we talked about it, uh, pretty extensively, but it just seems like it does seem like a big old bag of nothing here where we got two big names on the move, but both players kind of in the same spot of just underperforming right now. Uh, they get traded for each other and yep. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was just like, in, in the sense that like, yes, it was, it was, you know, you said, I think you had the best analogy of the, of the week where it was $20 and you got change back still $20. And I, I think it was, I, I came up with the meme on the crease dog. It was like, I receive nothing. You receive nothing. Here's my breakdown. Did the Redwoods win the trade? After hearing out everyone's opinion, where the fuck are people just saying that they automatically won the trade? You just, just let's just go back. Let's go back in history. Revisionist history. People are saying because Miles is having a bad season, which he is undeniably having a bad season, in a new offense granted, and that Romar played sick in the championship series in a series that really doesn't matter all that much. It's fun. I like it. I like going. It doesn't really matter towards anything. It doesn't matter towards the field game at all. That because of that, the Redwoods won the trade. Jordy, have you ever looked at the stats uh, in the past couple seasons with Miles Jones and Romar Dennis? Have you ever just checked them? Go ahead and tell me. I, you know what? Want me to pull it up for you? Uh, I'll try I love to that share. Actually. I'll, I'll try to share my screen right now. So hold on. But let's just say, in a lack of better words, like, and again, this is no hate towards like Romar Dennis because I think he's a fantastic athlete, and I think that like his athleticism, what he can do on the defensive side of the ball, is great. But his best year would be one of Miles' worst years. So, like, I – here. Let me share my screen. Present – share screen. This is – let's see. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that, that Romar is – I think he's – I don't even know how old these guys are. But I, I think that – all right, so got the screen here. So this – which player would you want? This is – Player A, who since coming into the league has had 18 in PLL, 18, 13, 32 led the league in assists with 17, 22, five games played, three points. Okay, three so goals. so the so the most recent season is at the top of that chart, right? Five there? games played, three points, three goals, right? 15% okay. shooting percentage, 20 shots. This is player B, 12% shooting percentage. Eight points, but you might notice that it's – what is it? What is that math? So three one-point goals, two twos, one assists. So, that, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and take player A. Yeah, and it's just like you just look at the points. What this guy – what he has produced since coming into the league, it's like six, six, 12, 10, 8. 
I think I think for this game, like Romar does get up and down the field a little bit better than Miles does. So I think like you have a little bit better of a like I think Romar can D up a little bit better than Miles can. Okay. I think that a little bit better in transition. So you're getting a little bit more out of it. And like Miles is like it does seem like he's like really dipping off a little bit here. I'm um, just not getting quite as much separation as a guy like miles Jones needs to be, to be successful. Um, but I will say like miles has been like in this like weird spot where like, he doesn't know if he should still be the shooter that he's always been in his entire career, or if he should try to be more of a, a feeder. And I think um, I we'll, we'll see what happens when he goes to the Atlas and if they kind of just let him do whatever he wants to do to be successful. Um, so I do think that, you know, maybe with the Redwoods, uh, you know, we, we, we heard from Nick Asello last week where the Redwoods, they don't have an offensive identity. There are too many different moving pieces there, and like they're not sure exactly what piece they want to really focus on. Um, so maybe with the Atlas, just having, uh, you know, a new group of six to go out there and play with, maybe some new voices offensively that can kind of rejuvenate Miles Jones. Right. And maybe, maybe it can also rejuvenate uh, Romar Dennis. Like this, yeah. this was a like, you know, I, I did say it's the whole, you've, you've got a $20 bill and you go to the cash register. You're like, Hey, can I get a 10, five and five ones for it? And it's like, it's the same thing. I, I would say that Romar is the change because you can do a little bit more with it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just, I, I think that it's a nothing trade, but it could work out just like you plug guys in with different guys and you never know what's going to happen. So this is a, a, a classic change of scenery trade. Like both guys need a change of scenery. The only thing is that in the PLL, like every team goes to the same city at the same time. So it's just like just a change of scenery. It's a change of jersey. Locker room. So, it's, a, it's a new yeah. locker room. And, I, and this is the thing that I just, that made me kind of go on that, like comparing stats, going back to what Romar has done, going back to what Miles done is at the end of the day, Miles is one of the best midfielders of all time. And people just are forgetting that, I think, to a sense. And I think that they're glorifying what Romar has done lately because of the championship series. But in reality, it's not like either of them are having that great of seasons. Well, yeah, you're right in that sense. But at the same time, it's like, okay, like Wilt Chamberlain was one of the best basketball players of all time. Do you want him on your team today? Look, if, if or Romar, or would you rather Romar, have a guy who's been doing something a little bit more lately? Like, I, okay, listen, no, okay, like, no, no, no offense, Romar, no offense to Miles. Like, Miles is one of the best midfielders to come through the game. But like, it at some when you're focusing on like this year, like lifetime achievement doesn't really mean anything. Like when, when we're talking about, like when we talk about their careers, when they're all said and done, absolutely, Miles has had a better career than Romar Dennis. But if we're talking about Right now, who's going to give you the most? Neither of them have really given you anything at all this year. But I, I would still say that Romar is still trending more than Miles. And it's like, okay, yeah, like let, let's get the guy who's doing something now because we only have, what, three weeks, three regular season weeks left of the season. Uh, and, and we need to, you know, that uh, Redwoods and Atlas, they're both – I, I don't think that they're in jeopardy of getting jumped by the Chrome, especially uh, after we talk about someone next who's on the move. Um, but I mean, they're going to need to do something this year. And so being one of the best to ever do it, it's like, okay, like, but can you, can you do it over the next three to five games? This is, but my main point is being, do you really think this makes this, this move takes the, makes the Redwoods win now mode? No. Win now mode, no, but can they get a little bit more out of their midfield where they haven't been really getting anything this year? M maybe not even, but like this is like if it's 
it's either they do or they don't. And if they don't, then they're in the same exact place than where they were when they were scratching Miles Jones the entire season. It's like it, it, it either works or it does. Like, I don't think that they mortgage if they mortgage their future to bring in Romar Dennis, I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But all they did is they gave up a guy who they weren't playing anyway, in hopes that Romar can maybe spark them to get a couple goals a game. And then it's like, so I, I think that it's, it's a really low, I would say that it was a lower risk, higher reward trade for the Redwoods. And that's why I would, that's why I would give them the win. Cause they weren't playing miles anyway. Miles wasn't in the lineup. So it's not like they're losing anything. It's not like they like attached a draft pick even to this trade. It was just player for player. And one of those guys hasn't played in a few weeks and it's like, all right, like whatever, like it, one man's and this all right i, I don't want i was gonna say one man trash is another man's treasure but like both these guys are, are great so it's it's not like but i don't know they, I, they were just they were they were just collecting dust on the on the healthy scratch list i, I just have trouble with the argument that like he, miles is kind of like well i hate how we're just saying miles is done like okay he's having a bad season but he put up 22 points next year and then we're sucking off romar who his best his best season ever he had 22 points. So it's like, why are we saying one man's done for having 22 points last season and one man hasn't put up 22 points since his second year in the league? So like, that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, think. maybe maybe he's not, but it's just it wasn't going to happen for the Redwoods either way. Right, and I'm fine, I'm fine with, that's, okay, that's where I'm at. I'm fine with the deal happening. It's just, I was kind of shocked by how, um, how quickly everyone said that the Redwoods yes. easily won. Yeah. Okay. Easy, and I'm, like, yeah, easily won the trade. Like I even might tend to agree that the Redwoods won the trade because of what Mar- Romar can do with his athleticism splitting. And it's like his, his defense in general, I, I could stick him on the field. Totally agree. But I think that, I think, I, I don't know exactly like the way contracts work out. And I, this is where I got to look into it, like from an NBA NFL perspective. But I think that Romar is unrestricted, uh, like a un, uh, free agent after this season when miles you have for an extra year. So maybe that was something I looked into. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Would really love to know a little bit more about the contracts in the PLL. That would, that would make talking about it so much, so much easier. The trade, uh, Just from a trades perspective. Yeah. yeah well, that's all I well, really got. well, speaking of contracts, someone in the league got a new one this week yeah. and uh, it, it's with the new team. So Dukes, congratulations. Your boy is on the move. Dylan Malloy, after getting put on waivers by the Chrome, uh, no one wanted to trade for him and no one for some. I, so I, this, this one kind of doesn't really make too much sense to me. So it's not that the Atlas ended up claiming Dylan Malloy off of waivers, but they ended up signing him to a one-year contract. So I'm, I'm assuming that that's going to be that they get him for the rest of this year and then have him for next year. I'd, I have to assume that that's, yeah, that's, that's that, 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 that's what that is. But uh, Dylan Malloy gets to move from the eighth place Chrome to the seventh place Atlas. Uh, so Malloy back Dukes, how are we feeling after that move? I feel great. I know you're pretty pissed off about this move because you think Dylan Malloy sucks. Uh, but I couldn't couldn't be happier for him landing on the Atlas. My, I think that if Dylan's willing to come out of the box and play and play, he'll be uh, a great addition to this to this team. Um, he's a fantastic talent, and I think that he needed a new change change of scenery as well. And I think that we're going to see him explode again. Listen, I, I think I think that putting him on this team. Uh, is going to work out very well for him for that reason. Like he needs to come out of the box on this team, right? Because they're 
there are too many guys who are on the field right now at the attack position who are better than he is. And so like you, like, I, I think that it's going to be good for Dylan Malloy to be on a team where a team like doesn't feel like, Hey, like this is our guy. And he's not giving us like our guy production. Right. So like, maybe that's like what pseudo's thing was, is like, Hey, like you're supposed to be like, you're our guy. It's like you and, and Wisnowskis are like the guys, but I'm not getting that out of you where now you put them on the Atlas and it's like, well, guess what? They already have their guys, right? Jeff T and Chris Gray, like no one's going to come into that team and be better than those two guys. So now it's like, yeah, like all, all we need you to do, come out of the box, get, get a couple good possessions, maybe, uh, you know, a cu- couple good looks, a couple good goals. And then that's, that's all we really need out of you. So I think having that different role is going to suit him a lot better than, than he currently had with the Chrome for the season. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it, it, and like, just like, I want to harp on this too much, but it is frustrating to hear like, oh, like pseudo, like you, you're, you're supposed to be our guy when like he didn't treat his guy with respect. And I mean, I'm putting a tinfoil cap on for a second and saying that like, I don't watch all the games on broadcast because I've been to a shit ton of weekends, but I found out that pseudo's kid played with Cross at Salisbury. Cross is shut up. He belongs in the league, all that shit, but like, there had to be that week one lineup, a little bit of favoritism, a little bit. Like, you know, the wedding, cross, we got to give Cross an uh, opportunity here. So I, I think that – I just think that Dylan got shafted this year. Like, I think that so, we're counting out Dylan. I think we're counting out Dylan. Like, I'm not saying Cross doesn't belong in the league. Cross belongs in the league. He shut me up. I was wrong. Congrats. But I think that we're saying, like, oh, has Dylan Malloy regressed or is he not still the same that he was last year? When in reality, it's like, did he even get the fucking opportunities? So it well, he's had plenty of opportunities. Let's and, he and he's and he's games. and he's uh, this guy's passed up opportunities in the league. He's so like like let let's talk about lifetime opportunities. The guy's had the opportunities, um, but I, I think is it favoritism putting Cross in the lineup because Sudo's kid played with Cross, or is it just knowing having a better read on a guy than anybody else? Right? Like let's think about let's think about NBA scouts. Let's think about an NBA scout who goes out to like Bulgaria or something and like finds like, or like, let's think about who, whatever scout went out and, um, and got, and, and I, I can't believe that I'm blanking on his name. Who's the fucking Nuggets guy? I'm not a basketball guy. Wembenyama? No, no, the guy, the, the, Jokic? Jokic. yeah, Jokic. Yeah. So let, let's think about the, the NBA scout who went out and found Jokic, right? think about how many teams passed up on him just because they didn't know. And then he's like, no, like I've been watching this guy. I know this guy is going to be sick. We need him and we need to put him on our team. Right. So think about- right. You look at that from a GM's perspective, not, not an emotional attachment. Like- no, but, but, but what I'm saying is that pseudo it still, the coaches and the GMs are one and the same in the PLL. But if he's got an opportunity to watch cross play more than anybody else, then he would kind of know. He's like, yo, listen, like, I know I like this guy. He's not getting as much shine because he's been playing D3. He's been playing with Salisbury, but I've been getting to watch him up close. Like I know, like, and, and I've been hearing all these things where we need him on our team. And then all of a sudden you bring him in on your team and he's had what, like five goals in the past two games. So is it favoritism? Like it, you could 
cry favoritism all you want if he was getting into the game and like pissing the ball away every time he touched it and like shooting like 20 yards over the cage and getting detwigged and and all this and that but if he's performing maybe it's not favoritism maybe it's just that pseudo knew that cross was going to give them what they need and that like it it was going like at this point the production wise is like cross and dylan malloy have they're they're canceling each other out production like it's like if you plugged in dill malloy it doesn't make the chrome not one and six right it it doesn't it doesn't make them that much better so they're getting they're getting the same so so they're get they're getting the same he's getting the production out of cross and then if there are headaches that come along with it then he's not getting the headaches that go along with it yeah, I, I mean, I, I just tend to disagree. I just disagree. Well, because you're from Long Island and you need to have. I don't. I don't back. think so. This, I think the same thing though with you with D three. I think it's like you can you can say the same exact thing. I don't think it's a Long Island thing. If anything, I I should hate him because he's from Suffolk. My my point is is that Dylan Malloy was the second had the second most points on the second best team last year. That those are facts. Cross is in there. They're one and six. You love bringing up you, old stats. You love, you love are, old stats. Really, you love played, old stats. Okay, okay, Jordy, Jordy, hold on. What have you done for me lately? He had, what have you he done? Has, Dylan Malloy has played in two games against the Cannons. He had, I think, two goals or three goals in the first game. And in the second game, he had put up with Cross Farrar's put up twice this year, zero points. So, like, it's not, like, in the sample size that it's, like, you can really read anything. Just saying, you're, you're, you're getting it out of you're getting it out of cross. But either way, we don't even need to talk about it anymore because Dylan Malloy is, is off to the Atlas and uh, – favoritism and and like wow 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 but uh end of the day i think that cross has earned that spot and i think that uh dylan malloy listen and and i'm a guy i'm rooting for dylan malloy i've been no, I, I am supporting this guy and i want the no, best for him not. and i think that ending up with the atlas and with this with this roster i think that that's best for him like as a guy who wants to see dylan malloy succeed in this league i'm i couldn't be more ecstatic uh so that, that he ended up that he, yeah let's get him on the pod bring him on I'm I'm thrilled that he's on the Atlas now. I think that it's going to work out best for everybody involved. So as as a big Dill Malloy supporter since day one, I think that this is what needed to happen. And uh, yeah, I mean credit to Cross Ferrara for for earning that job and kind of wildly pipping him out of there. Uh, but I mean that that's just that's the nature of the beast in pro sports. It's 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 a business. I, I think it that Dill Malloy, yeah, Dill Malloy all the business side of the game, and uh, you know and, right. now now he's in a good spot with the Atlas. You're, you're, you know what? You're totally right. You made, made up a great point. It's a business. And, like, you know, coaches change, players change. So, like, I mean, if Sudo had to sacrifice his job for this, I mean, we'll, we'll see if Sudo's even here next year. Well, I mean, you think about, like, uh, <laughs> like, like Wes Walker losing his job to Julian Edelman. And, like. Yeah, that's. So, so you get Wally Pip there, and turns he, out Belichick still had his job for a while after that. So, But, but as a Patriots insider, that didn't happen. I, I know the clip you're thinking of. I know that it's for, it was for punt return. I know what clip you're referring to, and that, that was for punt return. But actually, since Patriots porn, Wes Welker, uh, Julian Edelman got fucked when Danny Amendola got signed. So Danny Amendola was technically the lollipop there. I get it, but but you see it. It happens in all of sports. Guys come in like that. That's no, no, that's pro sports. Teams bring in guys to replace you every single time, and it just so happened that Dill Malloy got replaced. But now he's in a great spot with the Atlas, and and I could not be happier about it. I'm rooting for this guy so hard. Rooting for the I'm Atlas. rooting for Cross Ferrara. I love Cross Ferrara. You know, like, and I will say that, like, I'll t- you know, a little, I'll, I'll give the insight from the pod. I had to face Cross Ferrara at the bar 
and he uh he was very cool about it i said you know it's just it's just the business of podcasting i have to give my opinion and sometimes i face 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 the music he was really cool about it his friend was a fucking loser who like wanted to fight me over a lacrosse podcast take i was like you should hear buddy you should hear what i said about lyle thompson you'll, you'll really get up in your arms but um yeah, I mean, when the podcast business hits you in the face at the bar, I mean, shit, shit, shit happens. Business decisions all over the place. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, we we are going to have to make a business decision by keeping this podcast a little bit quicker today. Um, yeah. So there are a few other things. Um, I mean, listen, throwback jerseys came out today. Uh, they'll be wearing them this weekend in Denver. It's it's a podcast, right? So a lot of people are going to be listening on Spotify and and Apple. So it's like you're not going to see the jerseys anyway. Um, and and we don't want to keep putting them up here. Uh, well, we can put them up if you're watching on YouTube right now. You see them on the on the shared screen. Um, Duke's very very good of you to make sure that you had all your tabs closed out there before you put that one up there. Uh, veteran move by you. I think the, the throwbacks they're they're all great. Um. Uh, new new logos look pretty sweet so uh definitely should be a good little money maker for the pll to get uh to get some jersey sales with those and we'll be able to see those jerseys this weekend as the league heads out to denver uh and and with denver that means that boys and girls especially some of us who are above the age of 30 we're going to need to uh put an extra pot of coffee on at night because we will have some lacks after dark we've got a 10 30 start on friday we've got a 9 30 start on saturday so uh gonna be a late night for some of us out east while the boys head out to the rocky mountains it all gets going friday august 11th 8 p.m we've got the chaos taking on the whip snakes um listen Whips are back. Whips might just be back. Uh, I might have jumped the gun a little bit there, and I might have been reminded by uh, you know one Matt Rambo that I've maybe jumped the gun on uh, declaring the whip snakes dead. But after two, uh, what, no, not not two, but how many how many wins in a row here? Do they have three? No, so just just I guess just one one win last uh no yeah two two wins in a row they've got they picked up the win in Dallas uh 17-16 over Chaos and now two weeks later they'll be playing the same game uh last week they picked up a big 12-5 win over the Chrome so two wins in a row for the Whip Snakes uh Chaos coming into this weekend after taking down the Redwoods last week uh this game spread is going to be uh it's a one and a half spread with the uh, chaos minus one and a half at minus one sixty value. Whip snakes plus one and a half at plus one twenty value. Uh, total on this game at twenty four and a half, and money line is pretty much even. We've got chaos minus one ten, and whip snakes favored at minus one twenty. So, uh, I mean, whip snakes are buzzing. Chaos are, are still playing great. Uh, Dukes, your your thoughts on this one? Whip snakes offense has been amazing. Whipsnake's defense, I think, with that, especially without Burnmore, has been a little worrisome. I think that I, you, you, we might have brought up the, the communication on the back end without Burnmore. I didn't really think it would make a difference. You, you, you did, so credit to you there. Um, this, this is a tough one for me to read. I think I might wait for my official pick until the official lineups come out. I'm going to go Whipsnakes. I think the Whipsnakes kind of own the chaos in that, in that sense. I think they just might have the upper hand. The only reason I'm hesitant to really give uh, a hardcore pick is 
the defense. And I think that, again, Blaze can uh, can obviously win you a game. I'm not sure if Krebs or Phipps can really win you a game at this point. But um, the, the Whip Stakes offense, I, I think, is right up there with one of the best in the league's hot take, I know. But uh, – I, I think I think that waiting on this one is a smart decision, not for necessarily for that reason, but uh, we do need to figure out what the deal is with Josh Byrne. Right. Uh, so, right. so jo- yeah, Josh Byrne didn't play last week, and of course we're recording this on Wednesday. You know what? Let, let me say this right now. PLL, if you guys are listening, which we know you are, can we float the boys some uh, maybe some early lineups, right? Yeah. Give us, give us some tips on who's going to be in the lineup and who's not going to be in the lineup. Cause we want to record this on Wednesdays so that we can get the episode out on Thursdays for people. But the only issue with doing that is that the, the lineups don't come out until Thursdays for most teams. And, and sometimes the Fridays for this teams that play on Sunday. So we never get a chance to see the, the lineup before we record. So would be nice to know that ahead of time. Uh, if Josh Byrne is in the lineup, then I, I like the chaos coming out on top of this one. I think it will probably be still a one goal. I think that the, the plus one, I mean, plus one and a half whip snakes is going to be the play either way. Um, but I think if Josh Byrne is in the lineup, I like giving the edge to the chaos. And if he's not in the lineup, then I, I agree with you. I like the whip snakes to stay hot in this one, but I do think that Josh Byrne is so sick that he makes that much of a difference. I, I agree with you there. He, he, he is that sick. I mean, the chaos is just so sick. And the thing is, it's like I, if I had a power rankings every single regular season week, Jordy, and we had to rank the teams one through eight, like we've been doing a little bit, I think that consistently during the regular season, I'd put the chaos at like four or five. They never really get up to that one, two anymore. But then once it comes to playoffs, they'll always be in my top three. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just some sick puppies. It's getting to August. So yeah, I think they're a very dangerous team as always. But I'll roll with the web stakes plus one and a half right now. Yeah. Um, all right. So then 1030 PM on ESPN plus we've got the Chrome, the lowly, lowly Chrome taking on the archers. So we've got archers in first place, Chrome in dead last place. Uh, I will say, let me just say a bit of a trap game for the archers. Can, can we at least, can we at least put the, the flashing warning signs up for the archers that this is a bit of a, a trap game here? I mean, they're coming off of a big win against Atlas, uh, big win, a huge 1918 win over water dogs in, uh, in Dallas. I mean, this team has been rolling. What are they? They're six and one and they're going up against the Chrome who are going to be one and six. You got to fly all the way out to Denver. Uh, let, let's, let's not take, um, what the fuck is the word that I'm looking for here right now when, when it comes to height, uh, when, when you're up in the air? Take the bait? No, not take the bait. Uh, when like you can't breathe because you're so high in the air. Uh, altitude. Let's not take altitude for granted oh, oh, here, right? Oh. We, we, can't, we can't take altitude too lightly here. <laughs> like, we're not Great working, explanation, guys. honestly. <laughs> when you can't breathe up in the air, it's like suffocation. <laughs> let's, let's not take the altitude too lightly here, right? We, we don't want to piss off the altitude, so we do have to say that that's going to play probably a little bit of a factor in this game. Um, and yeah, just going against a team who really at this point has nothing left to lose. Right, a team who has nothing left to lose is that that's going to be a dangerous team. So we've got uh, Chrome on the spread minus. This doesn't make any sense. Two and a half. Yeah, but Chrome fa- Chrome minus two and a half at plus one ten. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that no, that does that not make sense? Let me see. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Yeah, it's uh, Archers minus two and a half plus one hundred. Chrome plus two and a half minus one twenty two. All right, so my app must be a little fucked up right now. So, Dukes, you're going to be providing the lines for the rest of the way through. 
Okay, got it. And yeah, I think that I'll, I'll just take that. I'll take it right here. I, 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 I could probably say it now, actually. I could say it. I could t- say my technique for what I've been looking at for the gambling. I'll give you guys a tip right now. Fuck it. Yeah, this is – I told you my trick last week. All right, so if you go on the PLL app, right, guys, you look at what everyone's taking. So if I'm looking at the P- – and who, who – who, Jordy, could you just tell me who, who usually uses the PLL app? Well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's probably going to be the children. And the children know Dunt Dick. So you see what they all think is going to happen, and then you're like, I'm going to fade them. I'm going to fade whatever, whatever their picks are. So they, they have the archers – 90 like basically 99 winning and i want to take the chrome so badly plus two and a half but it feels so trappy feels like i'm a kid running into that trap so i'm actually going to take archers minus two and a half it's the one time i'm not going to use my technique but like in the last game uh i'll take whip snakes because the uh the pick them for the pll they're all over the chaos um it's just something i've been doing and i've been successful as people have been following my picks now, uh, three weeks in a row now, undefeated. Um, do we? Uh, do we have a guy who does gra- graphics these days? Because I need, I need a. This is a verbal meme here, right? It's going to be Michael Scott in front of the whiteboard, but I want Dukes' face over Michael Scott. And in the uh, in the whiteboard where it says you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. I need uh, fuck them kids dash Michael Jordan. Dash, dash dudes. dudes i like that yeah we'll get we'll get the intern on it um uh, we could put out the the, the the fade the kids special right just picks it, it, just fade yeah just fade, fade the, the, the ftk special fuck yep, them kids yep. fade them kids and again the kids can be right once in a while because this league is just so unpredictable but there, there's some games where uh where it definitely seems peculiar um yeah so a bit of a trap game here but i do i I love the archers too much i think that uh and they've got just so many guys who just love lacrosse so much where like i don't think that they're gonna go out really like they just want to play the game like brett dobson just wants to play the game mike sisselberger just wants to play the game um that offense can just be set on cruise control and they're at least going to score 15 times and i don't see the chrome scoring that many times against them so I, i i will go archers winning big here uh but at the very least give me the over because maybe Maybe you do take them a little too lightly in the beginning. Chrome kind of get off to a hot start, and then you realize, oh, shit, all right, let's let's buckle into gear here. So I like the over in that one, um, but definitely like Archer's winning big. Uh, so then that brings us into Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in the Rocky Mountains, Denver, Colorado. We've got the Atlas taking on the Water Dogs. This is going to be 7 p.m. Uh, all these times are Eastern, by the way. Yep. Uh, and this will be on ESPN2, the dose. So we've got Atlas. They're going to be coming in with a, with basically a whole new lineup after adding Miles Jones and adding Dylan Malloy uh, and Water Dogs. I mean, listen, Water Dogs, they, they had a tough one last week against the Cannons, and we're going to talk about the Cannons a little bit here to close things out. Cannons have been a fucking wagon. Uh, this team has been playing so good. They locked up their spot in the playoffs. So Water Dogs, they got up against a buzzsaw last week with the Cannons, uh, but still really, really like this team. And Atlas desperately need to get things going here. They need to try to find a way to – at least give themselves some more breathing room as they head into the final two weekends of the season. So win here goes a long way for the Atlas uh, water dogs would be perfectly fine with or without the win, but um, I'm sure that they want to get themselves going. So do you got the, all, all, all the odds and lines on this one? Yeah. Uh, so Atlas is plus plus one ten on the money line. Water dogs minus minus one thirty four. water dogs minus one and a half plus one ten. 
Atlas plus one and a half, minus one thirty four. Look, uh, if I memory serves correctly, uh, this was a good game in the first outing. I want to say in Columbus. Um, that's just off the top of my head. I'm not even sure if that's true or not. I could have just been making up absolutely bullshit right there. But I, I want to take the Water Dogs on the money line right now. Uh, I'm going to see if Dylan Ward is playing, and then I'll take them minus one and a half if he is. The only thing that really is holding me up is obviously we have the prevent against Trevor Baptiste, and Trevor Baptiste has been able to do fairly well against the prevent. Um, the Atlas have figured out a lot. They added a lot of new pieces. Did they figure out that defense? Absolutely not. So that's where I kind of stand. And when you're looking at them offensively, they have to rotate in new pieces. Um, they only get like what one practice in. So uh, I, I won't really be willing to bet on that offense really being able to t- get them to an efficiency that's over the top like the Water Dogs have. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Water Dogs money line right now. Yeah, uh, Duke's beautiful brain on you. That was a 19-18 to 18 final uh, as the first game in Columbus week Thanks. So yeah. for, for the Water Dogs. So. A big, big brain on Dukes. Everyone give her a little round Look of applause. Big brain on Dukes. Wherever you're listening to right now or whether you're watching, make sure, by the way, if you're, if you're not watching or listening, you tell your friends, tell your family, everyone, make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you're following us uh, there. Make sure that you're dialed in on Spotify and Apple. Let's, let's get those numbers up again. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I this is the one where so I kind of said this against Scrum last time, but I really do think that it's more uh towards Atlas, where this is a team that has their back against the wall. And I don't know if like I don't know if Pressler or Brooks are the guys to to do it, but like I think at some point, at some point I want to see like a pissed off Jeff T. Like a guy who's like, yo, enough of this shit. Like we are so fucking good. Uh that we can't just have two wins in this league right now. So like, give me a pissed off Jeff T with his back against the wall, kind of backed into a corner here, um, adding some new pieces. Like you put Dylan Malloy and miles Jones into the lineup. They're going to play at the very least. They're going to play loose. It's like, what else can they, what else do they have to lose at this point? Um, and I think, yeah, I mean the water dog, I can't think off the top of my head. Are, are they a big, are they big from range or is it, no, I think they, they kind of have like an everybody eats offense. I mean, they yeah, definitely have guys that can sling it. I think they have Pete, Frank is just fucking screaming right now. Um, but they, they have guys all, like obviously the Caraway can sling it. I think McConaughey goes a little bit more inside. Um, you got like, yeah, like, g- give me a, give me a, like, give me a big bounce back game for uh, Jack Kincannon. It might not last for too long, right? He's, he's had a down summer, but give me a bounce back game for Kincannon. Uh, so what'd you say that it was? At the very least, I like Atlas plus one and a half. Give me yeah, a tight, yeah. give me a tight, tight game. Yep. Not quite sure how I feel about them really pulling this one off, but I think that we get another great one goal game out of those two. Uh, with with the, it's got to be a. I want to see a pissed off Jeff T. I, I don't want to like count him out or anything like that because that, that's going to put us in a really bad spot with box across Twitter. Um, but I do think I would love to see a little bit more fire out of him. I know we, I know we're low on time. I, I just have to go on a rant. I cannot explain. I cannot explain. I know we're done with the Lyle Thompson shit, and I, I cannot fucking stand. And like, I want to like box across so bad. And the fucking people on box across Twitter are the most insufferable douchebags I've ever encountered in my fucking life. Nobody thinks about you guys. Like, stay in your little bubble, enjoy your little NLL game. I do not care. I respect your guys' game. And I respect the players way more. They're tough as shit. But holy fuck, the people that are online are the biggest bunch of pussies I've ever encountered in my life. 
and let me get to my second part is if I have a debate online about Lyle Thompson and people want, don't want to hear my opinion, it would be good as a content creator to go out into the public and get other people's opinions at a fucking lacrosse game about the, the, the debate that was held online. It's not me continuing the conversation. And also that fucking guy, Adam Levi or whatever, the guy that everyone's like sucking his dick being like, he's a good guy on box for cross Twitter. He was in my DMS after the cannons game. He goes, were you worried there for the first three quarters? Shut the fuck up, dude. Like, what do you mean am I worried for the first three quarters? They won the game. Their offense looked fantastic. It's one of the best defenses in the league. So shut the fuck up and stop trying to keep this argument going. I, it was, it is so infuriating when I have fucking box people still quote tweeting me about Lyle Thompson. I do not give a fuck. So in the last game, we have the Cannons versus <laughs> Sounds like it sounds like you couldn't care less about it, really. It, like, it, it sounds like something that's just like not even in your mind. I just, got, I, just got, I just got like another one where it's just like, like people just like, hey, Frank's fucking screaming and I'm about to do the same. He probably heard me. And he felt like, I got I to one up that guy. Like the guy, this guy, Del Bianco is like, uh, I know nothing about field. Just stop there. You know nothing about field. So just oh, he's stop there. one of the best box goalies in, in the world, though. But that, if you're saying I don't know anything about field, I'm not saying that Lyle is, like, the reason that they're better. I'm just saying that this offense looks fucking great. And week in and week out, I'm proven right. It's, <sighs> Joe Keys, Jordy, Joe Keys just came out with another stat. This is the best offense since 2015. I, listen, I, I I agree. I I do need I know, to do I'm I do done. need to do one week without the Lyle debate. I will I'm say not, that there I'm are not, a lot I'm of not, other pieces. Like, there, I, listen, it's, just, the, it's the only place I could talk. I know, I know, I know, I know. It it listen. You're right that the Cannons' offense is elite. That that's the one part that everybody. If you disagree with Dukes that the Cannons' offense is elite, you're a fucking moron, and you shouldn't be able to say Thank anything you. else for Thank the you. rest of the summer that's until it. Box Lacrosse comes up, and then like you guys can all go fuck off there. If you want to debate them about the Lyle thing, whatever. But at the very least, you cannot disagree that the Cannons' offense is elite, and we'll all be able to watch the Cannons' offense as they play at 9:30 p.m. against the Redwoods. This will be on ESPN Plus. Dukes, hit us with the lines. Cannons are favored in this one, not shockingly, minus 158, and the Redwoods are plus 128. Redwoods plus one one and a half, minus 102. Cannons minus one and a half, minus 120. Um, I'm just going to take this one right here, just right off the bat, at Cannons, uh, minus one and a half. They absolutely emasculated the Redwoods uh, in the Fairfield weekend, and I think that they're only getting better. And that defense has vastly improved. Um, and by vastly, like, I think that they're potentially the best defense in the league right now, which is crazy to say. I would, don't think that I would ever guess that going into this year. Um, Max Wayne's a stud. Um I think that Jack Hilty is probably the most underappreciated defender in this league and arguably putting himself up there for top three uh, in the league right now. So uh, I'm going to go with the Cannons. I think that they could kind of shut down this Redwoods attack line, which is where they get most of their offense. And I think that offense is just fucking nasty. Yeah, I've got one mortal lock of the week, and that's that intern Nestler is just going to be stroking off like a madman to this game with the curse ball going on here. Uh, so curse between the pipes and Cole curse having a great couple weeks here for the Redwoods. Uh, so he he's made a case for himself to be, you know, one of the best midfielders in that in on that roster. Uh, yeah. As far as this game goes, 
listen, part of me really wants to go against you here. Like, I feel like uh, Jesse Pinkman in uh, yeah, yeah, like, 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 like I, I feel like that he can't keep getting away with this. Like, I feel like at some point you can't keep getting away with being so right about the cannons. Like at some point, something needs to happen to where the other side of that argument can finally have some ammo yeah. against you. Um, but I do think the Redwoods are just in a really weird spot this year um, over the past, you know, three losses in a row. It seemed like kind of like a desperation, like, a oh, shit, like we just need to do something move to make that trade. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think that the cannons are just cannons have a little too much chemistry right now. And you can see, you know, some of these guys with the Redwoods, they might be getting a little frustrated, right? Because they have the talent there. They, they've been through stretches of the season where they won three in a row. Um, so the fact that they've lost three in a row right now probably isn't sitting well with many of them. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I, I do have to ride with the cannons in this one as much as I would love to see you be wrong, because I think that that's great for the program. Uh, I, 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 do I agree. I, I can I just going off what you said, and this is not me talking about it, but I think that people are don't, don't realize that if the cannons lose one game, how many people come at me? Oh, all of them. So you know what I'm saying? So like when I can get a win, I'm going to get my punches in. Like I know what's coming. If one loss happens, one heartbreaking OT loss. Oh, it looks like the, the Cannons could use someone like a Lyle Thompson on their team. So, like, you know, like I, I know it's coming out. I, I just hate that, like, people are like, whatever. Um, yeah, I, really- I don't I don't see it. Th- I don't know. I would love to see it this Come week. On, like, I, I, so, so, I, so I, I do, I do, I, and I do want to see the Redwoods finally turn things around because I did see a take floating around there uh, at some point over the last couple of weeks. So I don't want to take credit for it myself. But the Redwoods – being dog shit the past three weeks is really putting a, a big damper on a Ryder Garnsey MVP season. Um, you know, yeah, guy we came, talked about it. Did we talk about it? Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Then, then we can take credit for it, but either way, um, I mean, Ryder coming out of the gates so hot to start the season and to see the way that this team has dipped off since then, I would love to see them uh, kind of get back into the swing of things. So cannons, They've already locked up their their playoff spot, but I do think that this is a team that just has too much juice where they're not going to have any letdown. Redwoods desperately need to get themselves back into the win column. They they went three wins in a row to get to three and one, and now they're at three and four. So uh, they they probably need to separate themselves a little bit here. You know, fuck it. Give me Redwoods. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. He, the, 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 this, this, this is this is, this is the Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with it. Play of the week. All right, I like that. Um, we really have to start hurrying, but again, ending the episode with our good friend, our intern, Nestler. Nestler, you have about three minutes to give us curse of the week, and you can talk about your time in Baltimore at the Bar Down Lounge where we got fired up. You're muted, Very buddy. Muted. Fellas, fellas, my fault. I know we're short on time. Still got my towel from the Bar Down Beer Lounge. We're going to go straight into Curse of the Week honorable mentions. We're going to go straight into it. Uh, Cole Curse right off the bat. Unbelievable for performance. I can never pronounce that word. Cole Curse, four goals. That's back-to-back games with four points. He's the first ever back-to-back winner of honorable mention Curse of the Week. Second honorable mention, Dave Portnoy, getting Barstool Sports back into his hands. He's officially back. The Barstool people are going wild inside, outside the office. I'm hearing murmurs everywhere. Everyone's excited. His first ever Curse of the Week honorable mention. Last Curse of the Week honorable mention, Connor Curse. Two points, two goals. That's what he does. He's the eldest of the bunch. He brings the E. He sets the tone. 
his first ever honorable mention curse of the week. Sneaky last curse of the week. Brandon Hun got me this Gatorade towel from the sidelines. I was sweating up a storm. The beers were flowing. The bar down beer lounge was unbelievable. And for our third week, cursed of the week, Cannon's going number five, Colin Kirst. First <laughs> ever back-to-back-to-back three-time winner, Colin Kirst. It's unbelievable what he's doing right now. Um, I can't help but give him the award. He, he, he's happy about it. He wants to see his brothers win it. But if he keeps winning, it's going to be hard to do. Shout out all the honorable mentions. That's good for them. Uh, weekend was phenomenal with the fellas. I saw Duke's uh, body surfing the bar shirtless, waving a shirt around. It was unbelievable. Um, it was uh, it was a good time. Can't say nothing but good things about the Bar Down Beer Lounge. Shout out Pasta Water. Great beer. Drink locally. And, uh, yeah, that's really it for me. It was it was a good time. So I know we're short on time, so I'll leave up there. Thank you, Nestler. Yeah, I got to go real, real quick, like now quick. Yes, yeah, sir. I would uh, I would just like to throw in a future for curse of the year to be CJ curse at some point. So just putting that future. Agreed. In that was gonna a big get, yeah, big get, by Matt Nestler. Yeah, got it. so gonna gonna get good gonna get good odds on futures curse of the year CJ curse right now. You're you're muted. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna put you on mute right now, Nestler, because we do have to wrap up. So <laughs> make sure that you guys are all. <laughs> following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both. Make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. There's a house somewhere. I know where the fires burn all night long. There's a swing outside on the porch where I feel I could rock away in the dust till the dawn. And even though the wind may now be howling, the stars are bright and they push me on and on. There's a half moon rising in southeastern skies. There's a wind blowing across the great divide and the stars they guide my way across the night there's a half moon rising pushing me on over another mountaintop push me on no one ever stop push me on there's a half moon rising in southeastern skies tonight